I want to talk about love today. Is that okay? I want to look at First John chapter four. Focus on just these couple verses. I might reference some other verses, but if we could all stand, if you guys could all read it together, that would be great. We can start reading now. Father, we're so grateful for this day. Thank you for this beautiful church and, and gathering. Thank you for Pastor Herman and everyone here. And I just pray, God, that you would just speak to us. And that you would just help us to understand this message and help us to understand it that you need to to the point of time that your love dwells out of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, and there's a particular part of that verse that just kind of really caught my attention. And it says that it love expels fear. Or in other words, it says love drives out fear. It drives it out. I want to share a little bit about my story, but real quick, I know I, I talked about, I talked, I talked about me having three kids. Yeah, I know, I have three kids. And yeah, I know, I have one that's 15 years old. You're looking like looking at me like, how's that possible? Like, I don't believe you. And my son turned 15 this past summer, and one of the first things he said to me when he turned 15 years old, he said, "Dad, now that I'm 15, right? That that just sends you running. Now that I'm 15." When can I get my turn? When can I get my driver's turn? Thought to myself, who told you to do that? You're not even supposed to know that's possible. You can't even keep your room clean. You coming to me talking about when can I get my driver's turn? You better not put the flashlight now. You are coming to me asking about your driver's permit. How is this happening right now? It's not supposed to be happening. So I gave him what all good parents tell their kids. Right? I told him. Listen. Which pretty much means we'll talk about it the next time you bring it up. That's what we'll talk about. So for his birthday, we went to Great America. You guys all know where Great America is, where it is, right? It's a theme park not too far from here. One thing that he did at Great America, aside from doing roller coasters, is he drove, or I should say he drove the go kart. Yeah. So I'm sitting there watching him drive the go kart. He finishes. He comes back. And here's what he says. Dad, did you see me driving? I was like, I guess if you want to call that driving. He was like, yeah. So I'm driving that go-kart. I can drive. Teenager. You thought because you're driving this go-kart that you're actually driving. You're going in a circle. First off. Secondly, you didn't even win.
isn't it funny how he would think that he was actually driving? He's actually driving. Here's the thing when we talk about love. Some of us have obviously we felt like we've experienced love. But really, we've just been driving go-karts. We go in circles and circles and circles, but we're not really going anywhere. I feel like that's how most of us, I'll be the first one to admit, I've been driving go-karts of love. Especially growing up as a young person, we are looking for love in all the way. Right? As adults, if we're honest with ourselves, we can be the first ones to admit we look for love in all of the wrong places. We've been driving go-karts thinking, look, I'm driving. I'm experiencing love. But have you really experienced love? What does it mean to experience love? And so here is John writing this letter to the churches that are telling them about what God really did. He's telling them about what God's loyalty really is, what God's love is, and, and what their love should look like, not just to God, but to each other. And so he's saying, this is exactly what God is like. And if you're going to experience love, you can't want something So the first thing that I want to share with you is that Perfect love is found in a perfect God. Perfect love is found in a perfect God. So many of us have Christians who run out of these places and all these things. And we feel like if, if I have enough money, I'll find love. We feel like if I find the right person, I'll find love. Right? young folks that are going into schools right now, that are in school right now, if you hang out with the right people, right, you found love. And if we're honest with ourselves, we do certain things. We make certain choices because we just want people to love us. We just want to find that love. And I'll be honest with you, I've done so many things because I thought I was in love, right? You'll, you'll act like a totally different person. You'll dress a totally different way. You'll put on a certain type of cologne, perfume, whatever it is. Because you just feel like you want to experience love. Well, what are you that you really want to that love that unconditionally. And the amazing thing about his love is that he just wants to give it to us. He just wants to give it to us. And I wonder sometimes, like, why is it so hard for some of us to experience God's love? Why is it so hard for some of us to just receive that love? And I feel like it's because so much, so many of us have experienced love the wrong way. Because so many of us have tried so hard to find love. For 
so used to trying to own everybody but people. We're so used to trying to, to, to earn everybody's attention. And, and it becomes this ongoing go-kart, driving in the same track, on the same circle, ending up in the same place. We wonder why we end up with the same kind of person. We wonder why we end up with the same kind of, okay, I'm going to use pastor, the same kind of ratchet friends. We, uh, we wonder why we end up dealing with the same kind of issues. You ever, you ever had that friend that called you about the same thing over over again? You even pick up the phone and you realize you knew, you already knew what the conversation was going to be. And you done gave them the same advice over and over again. Why? It's because you have to be The kind of love that drives insecurity out of us. The kind of love that, that drives our fears away, our hurts away, our brokenness away. That is the kind of love that God gives to us. I grew up my, a little bit of my story. Seven years old, when my father passed away. I grew up without a father. It's kind of ironic that I have three boys. And they are boys. <laughs> they are smelly boys. They are bouncing off the wall boys. And so it's kind of ironic that I have three boys. And sometimes I, I struggle because I struggle with, God, how am I supposed to love them? How do I love on them? Because I grew up without a father. I grew up without this kind of love that should have been modeled to me. I didn't grow up in church. I grew up in this neighborhood where we was all running around. We was all over the place. My mom raised six kids by herself. So you can imagine that she was working hard just to put food on the table. from a woman's perspective. That's pretty good. Maybe there's a YouTube video I could show them. That would be good. And so it was 17, 18 years old that I, I started going to church. I invited to church. It was 17, 18 years old that I really got rooted and planted in the church. And it was 17, 18 years old that I actually started having real relationships with these men. That there were these guys that were hanging out with me. There were these guys that were sharing with me. There were these guys that were taking care of me. These were these older men. I would go to every event. I would go to every function. I went to all of the men's events. And they made sure I went. And I was broke. 
they would always pay, pay for me. <laughs> these were these guys that would just walk with me, talk with me, and ask me how I was doing. And there was this one significant moment that I knew that this was I, I knew this was something different in my life that was happening. Because it was just, just like this, a gathering like this, and after service, there was coffee, just like that, like you guys have in the back. Donuts, just like you guys have also. After church, and I was talking to this guy. And then we were just talking, just talking. And then it was time to say goodbye. And he was like, hey, and all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I'll see you later. And he said, Okay, I'll see you later. And then he said these three words. He said, Okay, I'll see you later. And then he said, I love you. And I stood there just like this. In a few seconds, I process the very fact that was the very first time I had a first love like you've never experienced it before. It's to experience a love that you no longer have to earn. It's to experience a love that it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what you're wearing right now. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter what your background is. It is this unconditional, sacrificial love. It is a love that transforms us. It is a love that drives out fear. It is a love that drives out insecurity. It is a love that drives out anxiety. It is a love that drives out hopelessness. It is love. It is everything that is God. And everything that He does, He does in love. When He provides for us, He provides for us in love. When He touches our lives, He touches our lives in love. When He corrects us, guess what? He corrects us in love. So parents, don't think that if you're correcting your kids, it is not because you don't love them, it is because you love them. Kids. 
your parents get on you about something, it's not because they, they enjoy doing that. It's not because they enjoy taking their selfies away. But I tell this to my son, I tell this to him, I say, son, when you love someone, you want them to trust you. I tell him, I might not always trust you, but I will always love you. And you might go out there in your school, in your neighborhood, and so many folks are out there trying to earn people's approval. You're trying to earn your way so you can hang out with folks. But I want you to know that you don't have to earn my love. You don't have to earn my approval. You can mess up today, and I will still love you today. And I wonder what a generation of kids how they will grow up if they will realize that love is not earned. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is to understand it. Because here is the, again, the amazing thing about it is, is that perfect love is found in a perfect God, but perfect love is also demonstrated in a perfect son. Perfect love is demonstrated in a perfect son, in Jesus. As we took communion today, I was just thinking about his perfect sacrifice for us. The very fact that Jesus did this for us, even though we did not deserve it, even though we didn't earn it, that is the gospel message, right? The gospel message is that here is Jesus giving his life for us. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we didn't have it together, while we more than didn't have it together, we turned our backs on God. He said, guess what? You could be running from me. I'm still going to chase you. You could be hiding from me. I'm still going to find you. And I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. Because he doesn't force himself upon us. He does this. He dies for us. Even with the risk that we might not even see it. What kind of love is that? What kind love is that? I have to admit, I do things sometimes just so folks would love Right? I wash those dishes just to earn those brownie points. Come on, husband. I'll take out the trash just so my wife is happy with me. And he did this with a risk that we might not even That is the kind of love. That is the kind of God 
That is the kind of Jesus that we talk about. That is the kind of Jesus that wants to be your friend. That's the kind of Jesus that wants to be your best friend. And who wouldn't I want to trust my life with than someone that always has my best interest at heart? Someone that you know his motivations are always right. Because if I'm really honest, then I would tell you that there are some folks that I don't just trust. I know Pastor Herman is a man of God because Bishop has a lot of friends. But when he talks about Pastor Herman, he talks about him in a way that there's some trust there. He believes in him. He trusts his character. Who then is trusting in him? someone that would be willing to lay his life down for us. That he would give himself for us. That's what love is. You want to look at love? We look at God. You want to look at love? We look at Jesus. We look at God giving his son, his everything for us. I'm a youth pastor. And so I never take for granted the very fact that parents would trust me with their kids. Because I understand, I especially understand to those parents that are really overprotective. But it's, it's the whole idea of, I know that when you're giving me your kids, you're giving me everything. I know that when you're giving me your kids, you're giving me everything that you're, you're working for, that you sacrifice. It's the same idea with Jesus. That when God gave his only begotten son, he gave it. He laid everything out on the line for us. That is the picture of love. It's more than a go-kart love, right? It's more than just a pick-me-up type of love, right? My wife gets on me because I like, how many of you like coffee? Raise your hand. I like, okay, I like, I like to like prepare my own coffee in the morning. How many of you have Keurigs at home? So Keurigs is what my wife does. She drinks coffee and she puts the pot in, presses the button, and you have coffee. I like to do Chemex coffee. You ever heard of Chemex coffee? You have to grind the beans. You have to boil the water to a certain temperature. You have to weigh the beans. Yeah, that's work. You have to get a special filter. You have to pour the water over the beans, over the coffee grounds. You have to wait a little while. You have to pour some more. Right? All of that work for this one cup of coffee. But guess what? To me, it's more than just a pick-me-up. To me, it's the best tasting coffee that I could ever have. Because the best tasting coffee that I could ever have takes a process. Takes a careful, special, unique process. So if you want to experience love, you need not a pick-me-up type of love. 
you need to experience a special type of love that took special ingredients, that took a special process, that took a little bit of time and effort, that took the God of all creation in all His splendor and in all His holiness to now take on the worst of us. So that we can now look at ourselves and see the best in us. That is the crazy, radical type of love that Jesus gives us. That's the great, crazy, radical type of love that Jesus demonstrates for us. So then now what do we do? The amazing thing about God's love is that as He as He shares it with us, He shares it with us in such a way that we can no longer hold it to ourselves. He gives it to us in such a way when something is so good for me. When something is so good, I got to share it with somebody else. I know some of you guys know some folks that they like to hold on to stuff, right? They're not going to tell you where they bought that that pair of shoes. They got a deal on. They're going to keep that for themselves. They're not going to tell you where where they ate that, they, they got that, that pasta, that meal, right? That new Italian spot. They're like, nah, I ain't telling you where I got that from. They ain't going to give you that recipe, right? They're not going to tell you that recipe. This recipe is going to go with me to my grave. But to me, when something is so good, to me, when something is so special, I don't just have to talk about it with somebody. I'm like, you got to come and see this with me. You got to take this coffee. I know my wife rolls her eyes every time somebody comes to my house. I'm like, you drink coffee? I got something for you. Because to experience God's love, to experience the fullness of His love, is now to experience the fullness of His love with each other. So that He says that you can't even say that you love me if you don't love your brother and sister. You can't say that you love me if you are not loving other folks the same way I love you. Sacrificially, unconditionally, in a way where you don't have to do anything for me, I will still love you. I will intentionally love you. I will go out of my way to love you. I will love you in such a way that you are no longer feeling alone in this situation. You don't feel by yourself in this situation. I, of course, our hearts are broken over things that have happened in Houston. The hurricane, the devastation, the lives that were lost, the homes and the livelihood. It hurts. And there are things that just hurt. And there are things that cause us to scratch our heads. And there are things that cause us to go to God and say, God, what is going on? Why is this happening? Why does it have to happen to this person and that person? This person is a really good person. I know that. This person is just a kid, God. Why do they have to experience this? 
and it hurts. But to be honest with you, I don't always have the right answers. I don't always speak the right things to people. But what God has impressed upon my heart is that we don't always have the right words, but we do have right actions. We don't always have the right words, but He's called us to loving people. We don't always have the right words, but God sent His only begotten Son to do something about it. Just like He sends us to do something about it. So guess what? I don't always have the right words for you, but I'm here for you. Somebody someone said, what does it feel like to be a Christian? I knew this guy who likes to, he likes to pick up hitchhikers. And one day he picked up, he picked up this hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker asked, asked him about his faith, and he asked him about God, and he said, you know what? I want to ask you, what does it feel like to be a Christian? And, and the guy said in that moment, he was like, oh. And in that moment, he kind of prayed to himself, like, God, let me help me give this guy the right answer. And he came to the woman and said, you know what? To be a Christian, it feels like What does it feel like to be a part of a community? What does it feel like to be a part of a gathering like this? Of people of different backgrounds. People uh, of different ethnicities, of different cultures. What does it feel like to be a part of a gathering like this? To look around and see a sea of different people. It feels like I took a field trip with my son to Deer Woods with his class because my wife signed me up for every field trip to be a chaperone, especially when it's outdoors. And so here we are at Muir Woods. How many of you have ever been to Muir Woods? It's beautiful. It's a forest with trees that are and thick and gigantic. And I love going in nature because I'm a city boy. And so I just like the contrast. And so here we are, and there's people that come from all over the world. I was talking to different people. There's people coming from France and other places just to see this place. We take these things for granted. I'm like, man, I've lived here all my life. But you look around and you see a sea of these gigantic, beautiful trees. And then the tour guide starts giving us a little, little fact about the forest, about the trees, about your woods. One of the things that really stuck with me is he said, You know, these trees are so big and so great. He said, Let me tell you why they're so strong. He said, Let me tell you why they're able to withstand hard storms. Let me tell you why they're able to withstand harsh elements. He said, one of the reasons why is because, he said, the roots of these trees, you would think that they just go deep, deep, deep down into the ground. 
He said, actually, they don't go deep into the ground. He said, at a certain point, the roots, instead of going deeper, they go outward. He said, they continue to go outward. And he said, what happens is the roots of the trees, of the other trees, they start to connect. And the roots just continue to connect and connect. That the reason why they are able to withstand the storm is because they're so connected. What does it mean to be spiritual? Does it mean does it mean that we're so deep, right, that we're just floating in air, and every word that comes out of our mouths is a godly word? No. What does it mean to be a part of a community? It means that your roots are connected to each other. Your roots are connected to each other in such a way that it transforms our lives. In such a way that whatever we might go through, we never feel alone. In such a way that whatever residual things that have been going on in our lives, whether it's because of our past, whether, like me, you grew up without a father. And so I grew up with all of these insecurities and hurts and pains and questions. Whatever it is, we are so connected with God and to each other that our love for one another drives all of those things out. It drives it away. How deep should we love one another? How hard should we love each other? I'm going to love you until I drive the fear out of you. I'm going to love you until I drive the insecurity out of you. I'm going to love you until you don't feel alone. I'm going to love you until the, until the tears dry. I'm going to love you, as it says in First John, in the first chapter, until our joy is made complete. Because weeping, as the Scripture says, might come right now at nighttime, but guess what? In the morning, in the morning, I'm going to love you until it's morning time. I'm going to love you until you experience God's joy. Can we commit to that together? Can we commit to being a gathering? where the fullness of God's love comes into reality right here. Why? Because we are loving each other. In the very first, in the beginning of First John, he talks about how Jesus is, was tangible to them. He said, this is the truth that we saw, that we touched, that we heard, that we saw with our own eyes. Well, how is this world going to see Jesus? How is this world going to be able to touch Jesus? How is this world going to be able to hear Jesus? How is this world going to be able to see Jesus? They're going to see Him and touch Him and feel Him. Because of the blood that we
I just want to give you a quick message of time. A message to go out and be intentional. Find someone that might be hurting. Find somebody that you might not know. Get to know them. And find a way that you can show them tangible love. Love on them in a tangible way. Amen.